Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Get Well Soon podcast series, and this is your host, Dr. Meg Hayworth, celebrity chef holistic psychologist and nutrition coach, assisting you to heal yourself from illness and physical symptoms using food and the power of the mind and using the same tools that I use to recover my own health from fibromyalgia, irritable bowel syndrome, and a dozen other conditions through my programs, What Celebrities Eat and Get Well Soon. Today I have with me Kim Hamer. Kim Hamer is a young widow, mother, and author of the book, 100 Acts of Love, A Girlfriend's Guide to Loving a Friend Through Cancer or Loss. This practical how-to guide offers simple and easy ways to support a friend, family member, or coworker dealing with a major life crisis. She currently lives in Los Angeles with her three relatively well-behaved children. <laughs> so, Kim, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Meg. It's great to be here. Great, great. Now, I I know you've really been through it. Your bio tells us right away that you are a young widow of of three kids. Yes. Uh, So I would imagine, you know, you have quite a story there for us. What inspired you through that story to write this book? Um, So my husband was diagnosed with cancer in 2006. And it was late stage, was stage four, uh, B-cell lymphoma. It was very aggressive cancer. And by, um, by grace, we ended up with a doctor who was willing to kind of try. Not, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't mainstream um, therapy yet, but it was becoming. And so he was willing to try that. And my husband um, was better. He got better. The cancer went into remission. And we were just kind of working hard to get past that five-year mark, which they often talk about in cancer. Unfortunately, in 2009, the cancer came back. And again, it was stage four. And within four months, he uh, lost his fight to it. Um, And, you know, during both those times, the first time he had cancer, you know, people would say to me, if you need anything, let me know. And it Mm -hmm. seemed like a great thing to say, but I had no idea what I needed because it was my first Mm -hmm. time helping someone with cancer. Um, you know, my first time trying to raise my kids to deal with, you know, my, you know, manage my husband's treatment. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I didn't know. And that statement became very unhelpful. But mm-hmm. at the same time, people said, said and did things that were very, very helpful. Okay. And I just started kind of taking notes about that. And then after my husband died, you know, it was, a, it was I needed help in a whole different manner. Um, mm-hmm. And again, people just stepped up in really unique, um, very, very helpful ways. And then I also noticed that a lot of people didn't step up. They didn't, you know, they, they just kind of, a lot, I, I lost some good friends who kind of backed away mm-hmm. very, very quickly. And after, yeah, yeah, and after real, after really kind of taking a look at that and after some time, because I was very hurt in the beginning, I understood that one of the main reasons they backed off because they didn't know what to do. And they were so afraid of doing the wrong thing that Mm. they chose to do nothing at all. Um, Wow. That's really interesting because you're really pointing out something really important um, in grief uh, is, you know, when we witness somebody else's grief whom we love. 
and we don't know what to do for them and we retreat, it's not because we don't love and care about you. Typically, you know, typically it's just like you said, we don't know what to do. And so what you mentioned that there were some things that people did for you. What were a few things that people did that made you feel more feel like somebody was looking out for you <laughs> that felt, oh, felt helped well, you know, and loved and cared for. One I always, always, always talk about because it still to this day just means so much to me is we had a neighbor, Nate, and um, he had, his wife was pregnant and he had just, he had been developing a friendship with my husband for a while, um, but it was starting to get much more buddy-like because, you know, this, this guy was having kids and he really admired the way that, you know, Art was raising our children. And um, one day he came up and he said to me, when was the last time the oil was changed in your car? And I couldn't answer him. And so there's a couple of things that he did that were really helpful. One, he said, I'm available all day tomorrow, so leave the keys in the mailbox. And that part was very important because when you're receiving so much help, it's really hard to accept help. And by leaving the keys in the mailbox, I didn't have to see him and then wonder if I was being, was I being, was I showing enough gratitude that he did this thing for me? So I didn't have to worry Uh about that. He, um, I called him and let him know the keys were in the mailbox. He came and picked up the car. He had the oil changed and then he had it gassed. He filled it with Mm -hmm. gas and then he had it washed. And then he put the keys back in the car and said, it's there. And I didn't use the car for the rest of the day. Um, I got up the next morning and went out to do something with the kids and I got into a clean car with a full tank of gas and the oil had been changed and I started to cry. Oh, wow. It was, it was something that I think the most meaningful things people can do sometimes are things that I, had I even thought to change the oil in my car, which was just not even on my radar, I would have felt so stupid asking someone to do it for me. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a really good point. And then the the other thing here that I can't help but notice is the fact that the oil change was probably something your husband managed. It was. We we had a joke in our family. Um, we called it. It was a man job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a man job. Uh-huh. That was a job he took care of. We were tra- going to train Langston, our oldest son, to take care of it. You know, I can do it. I know how to do it. But it was something he mm-hmm. took care of. And this lines out another good point is that you know when you see one of your friends who's in distress in this manner and you start thinking about, well, what things need to be done? Can you, like, is it obvious their lawn needs to be mowed or, (laughs) you know, is there something obvious that needs to be done and then reach out and offer to do that thing? That's pretty much one of the things you're saying. Yes. And that, that's exactly it. You know, the general advice I'd like to give people is to, you know, if, if you have a friendship with the person, this advice really works well, look around, see what needs to get done and just do it. Okay. Yeah. That's, those are really important things. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. Um, you know, one of the things when I first met you and we started talking about this book and I I got to look through the book, which by the way, I want to say how beautifully I think it's done. It's very, yeah, it's lovely. Thank you. You're welcome. It's very clear. It's succinct. It's the graphics are really lovely. It's, uh, quick and easy to read so that you get the points, the, the general points quickly and right. easily. <laughs> so, you know, it's not like this yes. you know, heavy, heavy duty read, you know, it's just real straightforward. And I like that. 
Well, thank you. And, and I did that on purpose. I didn't want people to, you know, the, the subject of cancer and loss or crisis is very heavy. And I really want people to be light about it. This, you know, helping doesn't have to be this big, heavy burden, something you have to do. It should be <laughs> something delightful. It should be about your, this is an opportunity when your friend is sick or needs help. This is an opportunity yeah. to show up and say, thank you for being my friend. And I want, so I want that kind of feeling to, I wanted to really have the book have that kind of feeling. This is, it's so easy to love your friend. And this is a great, you would have the great, you have the opportunity to like walk up to her and go, I love you so much. Let me, <sighs> you know, that's a great, that's a cool thing to be able to do. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the excellent, excellent points. Now, one of the things that struck me when I was looking through your book, though, is um, you had a nice big, maybe it was an entire chapter. I don't know. There was a list of things of the things not to say, which are the things yeah. that everybody says. Yeah. Can you give a couple, a couple of those with us? Sure. So my first one is do not say, if you need anything, let me know. I know it's a go-to phrase we all go to and we usually mean it, but here's what goes to the person's mind who's in crisis. First of all, she has to figure out what you mean by anything. Are you willing to pick up her sick throwing up child from school or did you mean you're willing to go out and you know grab a gallon of milk? So she has yeah. to figure what you mean by anything. And then she's in crisis. She has to figure out what she needs. And a person mm -hmm. in crisis has no idea what they mean, need, usually beyond the basics. So mm -hmm. for the oil is a, changing the oil in my car is a great idea. I needed that to happen. I had no idea I needed that to happen. So she has mm -hmm. to figure out what she needs. And the last thing is she then needs to find the courage to ask you to do the one thing that she thinks she needs but she's not really sure if you are willing to do it, but she's going to go ahead and ask you anyway. And that the person, you know, she's feeling so raw and so vulnerable. And the idea mm -hmm. of her putting herself out there, asking you for something that she's not sure you're willing to do, that she's not really sure she might need, is uh... so overwhelming. So she's not going to ask. <laughs> she's not going to come to you. Um, so if you're going really to offer point. help, be as specific as you possibly can. I am going to the grocery store tomorrow. Please send me three things that you need. That is a mm. fantastic offer. Okay, great. Yeah, and it, it's true. That's a very simple thing, really. You're already going there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, so another another big thing is, um, you know, we 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 you you mentioned it earlier that we're not good at. Um, knowing what to say. And, you know, it's no one's fault. Society in general, we avoid death, we avoid cancer. You know, it's, it's, we don't, we don't have tools as a society of what to say. Um, so we end up saying um, some very unhelpful things. Another thing we say is, um, you know, don't say at least. Uh, well, at least it's a good kind of cancer. At least with chemo, you'll lose weight. At least, you know, at least you'll, you'll get to relax because with chemo, you get to, you'll get to read and catch up on your TV shows. The yeah. at least oh. is so hurtful and, and people don't mean it this way at all. Mm -hmm. um, but what it does is it belittles what the person is going through. So yeah. if say, you know, I, I had a friend who lost their child and someone said to her, well, at least you have two more children. And oh, my goodness. It was, you know, the person didn't mean it to be so hurtful, but it was so hurtful because it implied, well, you lost one, but you know, it's okay. Yeah. Two others. And 
Yeah. As if, you know, you dropped a glass. It's okay. You've got six other glasses. Yeah. But this is way more intense because this is a person's life. Exactly. This is your child or your husband. You know, this is like. Exactly. Um, So the term of at least really comes from someone who's very uncomfortable. And I Mm -hmm. do want to say, I've said it before to people. Mm -hmm. Um, If you have said it to your friend already, it is perfectly acceptable to turn around and go back to her and say, I am so sorry I said that. That was unfeeling. It was inconsiderate. I didn't Mm -hmm. know what to say. Watching you suffer is really hard for me, as I'm sure it's really hard for you. Please forgive me. And that person, I mean, it's, it, that person will forgive you so quickly because there are so many things that people have said to her already that have been right. cruel that when you come back and acknowledge that you've made this mistake, she's going to love you. She's gonna, you're going to be yeah. right back in her good graces. Really so good If you point have said there. it already, really encourage you to go back to her and say, you know, you, you, you didn't know what to say. She doesn't know what to ask for. You're in the same mm-hmm. boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is really, really the thing. Um, and I think uh, people will use the at least phrase because they're trying to get you to look at the bright side. Yes. But when you're that dark, how is, how was it for you trying to look at the quote unquote bright side? I mean, isn't it sort of like people shoving it down your throat yeah. in a way? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I think it is. You know, the cancer was someone said to me, well, at least you work at home so you can take care of him. Um, and, you know, it's there There are moments where there are bright sides. Absolutely. You know, my kids got to go to Disneyland. Each of my children got to go to mm-hmm. Disneyland four times each within a two-year span. You know, because that's a bright side. Yeah. The bright side. I had someone grocery shopping for me, you know, the person volunteered to grocery Mm -hmm. shop for a year. That's a bright side, you know, Mm -hmm. but those bright sides cannot be forced. And I think the reality is when someone is, when someone is ill or is dealing with a loss or is dealing in a crisis, the number one thing they want above anything else is to have their pain acknowledged. Mm -hmm. They want people to see, I am so sorry that you were going through this. This Mm -hmm. is a crappy journey for you. I'm sorry this is part of your life journey. They just want to be witnessed. And I Mm -hmm. constantly think about, you know, as being a woman, right, with a husband, we used to have a husband, and I would come home and complain about my day, right? I didn't want him to fix it. I wanted (laughs) him to hear about my day. That's what I wanted. And so that's the exact same lesson. Your friend doesn't necessarily want you to fix anything. She wants you to do things for her, for sure. I mean, you know, please help her. But when Mm -hmm. you're talking to her, she doesn't want you to fix it. And the at least statement comes from a place of wanting to fix it. And that's Mm -hmm. the hardest thing is just you need to sit with her and acknowledge she's (laughs) in the crapper. She's in the crapper, crapper. you know, and it stinks and it's not fun. And she needs you to kind of say, you're in the crapper and it stinks and it's not fun and it's not fair. And I see you. I see you. Mm -hmm. So that's what people who are going through a crisis really want the most. Wow. Those are really powerful things to think about. Um, You know, illness is really, really tough. So is grief. Yeah. And that's really what you're dealing with when you are sitting side by side with the person that you love so dearly going through something so difficult. And I just want to make a tiny side note here. It's not tiny, but it's uh, cancer is 
such a big thing now. It's by 2050, the rates of cancer are expected to triple. We're in 2015 right now. Um, and the reasons have a lot to do with our food. So, mm-hmm. you know, the food chemicals, the, the pesticides, the, the things that we're consuming, putting into our bodies are really, really toxic and environmental issues and all of that. But that's a side note. But because of that, you're, I think your book is going to be really, really important to people, <laughs> right. you know? I really do because it it just keeps increasing. I I can tell you, I know at least 10 people uh, that I know who've passed um, several very close to me, you know, where I was at their, their side as they passed. It's a horrible thing to watch it go through um, and to watch the loved ones go through. So I'm, I'm really appreciative of you for creating this book out of your grief. Well, Uh, thank you. I mean, I, you know, I, what people did for me made a big difference in my life and it continues to touch me. Um, mm. you know, there, mm-hmm. and so I, and I, and I want to give people the power. I want, you know, people to understand that they can make a difference in their friend's life and they can mm. make this journey a little bit easier for them. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be this, you know, it, it really is. It's the, you know, I have a quote in the front of the book, um, mm-hmm. by mother Teresa, and um, it says, um, let me just pull, it says, we can do no great things, only small things with great love. And wow. that's what I really want people to know. It's not about coming in and taking over her life. You know, mm-hmm. it's do a small thing with great love. And, and that love goes into her and she feels it and she feels better and she feels more grounded and she feels cared for and she feels counted and she mm. feels loved. And so that's yes. what I want people to understand is that it's, you know, you can have a positive effect on someone who's going through a horrible situation. By- uh, this makes me think about something important that a lot of us do when someone's going through, well, when somebody loses somebody through death. Mm-hmm. Um, we bring a lot of food over and <laughs> um, I think we need to broach, we need to broach the food subject because um, there, you and I talked about this. Can you share uh, a little bit about what happened with you and in, in, in the food? Sure. So I will share that the book does have a whole chapter about really helpful things to do with food. Um, and mm-hmm. one of them is, you know, I, I tell us to people all the time, if you have this book, and, you know, it's just in the beginning of your friend's journey, especially in grief, you should know better and not bring any food because you can do all these other things in the book that no one else will do. Mm-hmm. Um, so my journey was um, I, I, you know, my husband, um, there was a couple days that I was in the hospital with him and I lost a lot of weight very, very quickly. Um, uh-huh. And I simply wasn't hungry. I just wasn't hungry. And mm-hmm. I, but, but there were certain things that I was craving when I was hungry. And I remember calling my friend and saying, can you just please chop up a bunch of vegetables for me? You know, squash, mm-hmm. yellow, green, you know, zucchini, yellow squash, red peppers. Yeah, I remember it was a whole bunch, cucumbers, uh-huh. no tomatoes. I said, no tomatoes. <laughs> just up as much as you can for me because that was the only thing I wanted. And mm-hmm. what I found was when I was in that, pl- in that incredible deep grief, I was really able to touch with what, be in touch with what my body really needed. And my uh, body didn't want donuts or ice cream or bologna or another lasagna. Or lasagna. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And we had, yeah. okay, can I just tell you at one point, mm-hmm. I remember counting, we had eight lasagnas in our freezer. 
Um, oh, and I had, that was an God. extra freezer that I had. He had eight, the kids were like, I remember like about two months into it. They were like, please, no more lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the thing that everybody makes. And it's funny, like if somebody did that for me, I'd have to give it to somebody else because I'm allergic to gluten and dairy. Exactly. And, exactly. So it's just. And, so, and you know, it's a so, great so point, it's, it's, you know, find out what the people, what the person actually eats, what they want, what they're craving, yes, what, yes. what they can get down. Because when you're in an emotional state like that, yes. you will only be able to get down certain things because a lot of things are not going to sound good. Exactly. To you. And no judgments. If she wants to eat a pint of ice cream every single day, then she gets to eat a pint of ice cream every single day. You know, um, some of the, you know, people are like, oh, you're losing too much weight. And basically I was like, you know, screw you. My husband died. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> the weight will come back eventually, but right now I'm where I need to be. So yeah. um, I think one of the other helpful things that, that um, someone didn't do for me, but I did it for somebody else, was when um, it was clear that it was going to be kind of a long, drawn-out crisis, I went into their home and I, doc I wrote out all the brands of what they bought, of what they had in their house. Because when oh. you're in crisis, you do not want... You do not want um, whole milk when you normally drink 2% milk. You don't want heart yeah. and healthy, um, you know, you don't want Campbell's soup when you normally drink, you know, healthy choice soup. So right. it was very helpful to her because what I did was I went in and I wrote, you know, she, she liked, um, she had lactic free milk. That was very important to her. She was lactose intolerant uh -huh. and it was 2%. And so I wrote that down. And so the next person who went shopping for her, one, didn't have to keep calling her and saying, do you want 2% milk or 1% milk? Or, you know, this, we, we eat this type of soup. So I thought I'd buy it for you. And so then the pressure was on the person who was sick to like take the soup that she didn't want. But instead, uh, anybody who went shopping for her had this list of things that she ate. So it was very helpful for the people who were going shopping and very uh -huh. helpful for the person who was, for her, who was receiving it. Perfect. What a great idea. Very, very important. Um, uh, and what else? What was another helpful thing? Uh, do you want food-based or? Um, no, just uh, uh, of the most helpful things people did, you also talked about the, the oil change in the car. There was a couple of other yeah, things. Yeah, there's um, so one thing was a mother from, this is a great thing if you don't know the person very well, uh, a mother from mm -hmm. a school where my, where my two of my children were at at the time my husband died. Uh, we used to see each other in, at the, I live in LA and there's a Venice farmer's market um, near me and Oh, and wow. so we see each other occasionally at the Venice Farmer's Market, say hi. But every week she went to the Venice Farmer's Market, she would pick up a bouquet of Gerber daisies because she always saw me having, always, I always had them when I, when I went there. Uh, she would pick up a, mm -hmm. uh, just a small thing of Gerber daisies, maybe cost her four bucks. And she would mm -hmm. leave them on my doorstep. And oh. so again, it was, she never rang the doorbell. Um, if I was mm -hmm. home, they just were there. And so it took the pressure off of me of feeling like, oh my God, I have to show so much gratitude. And it also, um, it was so loving. And she did this for about a year. Wow. Um, oh, my so God. Every, every Friday, she would just stop by. And sometimes she'd buy little treats for the kids. So she, she might buy oh. some croissants or she might buy some, some honey sticks. But she did this for a year. Wow. And it, it just oh. made me feel so loved. Because usually when you're dealing with any type of thing, people fade off after three or four months. And, and when you're in grief, you, you're still in grief. You're still in major grief yeah. and yeah. you need a lot of support. And I'm going to tell your listeners right now, do not quit on your friend in three or four months. She needs you for a good year and a half. So keep showing okay. up, keep showing up. And after the whole thing with a year is baloney. Uh -huh. After the year, the second year is harder 
because you realize oh. it's not over and you have to keep the rest of your life. Wow. First year is all about getting through those first. You're like, okay, first birthdays, first anniversary, first whatever. I got through oh, it. Oh, yeah, good point. Year, you look up and you go, I have mm-hmm. to do this for the rest of my life. And it's devastating. Wow. So that second year, she really needs you for that. Like within those first, the year tw- uh, 12 to 18 months, she needs you to show up as well. Wow. wow. Um, That's wonderful advice. And I think a lot of people don't think about yes. that. Yeah. yeah. So, so the flower by the door was really very, very helpful. Um, mm. I had another friend who I threw a birthday party for my son, my youngest son. And uh, one of the, my son's friend's father showed up at, showed up at the party not only with a gift for my son, but with thank you notes. And then he proceeded to sit down and track every gift that the kid gave my son, write out thank you notes that so my son only had to sign them. And then, yeah. and then he addressed them and stamped them all. Oh my gosh. Wow. So, <laughs> um, so it was, it was, um, it, it, you know, it's just like he said, he looked around, he figured, oh, she sent thank you notes. Let me just take care of that. And that's exactly what he did. What's what message do you hope others will take from this book? Um, I think there's a couple. The, you know, the big one is mm-hmm. you matter. Mm-hmm. I think we downplay our importance to mm-hmm. our girlfriends. I'm, you know, this is targeted towards women mostly because that's what I know. But I also think men do it too. We downplay the importance, the important role we play in our friends' lives. And, you know, your friend, your friend hasn't told you how wonderful you are. You know, she hasn't said anything to you. He hasn't said, oh my God, I'm so great that we're buddies. You know, that, 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 that doesn't, <laughs> yeah. doesn't happen. But what does happen is she has you in her life for a reason. You know, she returns your email for a reason. She returns your call. She returns your text. Maybe not right away, but she returns them because you give her something. So you matter to her. And when you're in a crisis it's really important that you remember that. Um, okay. So I think that is that is the big overall message. Yeah, yeah. I think it is hard for us to remember because uh, what you're talking about is is empathizing, which is really feeling with a person, which is different than sympathy, which is feeling for them. Yes. If you start to think about, okay, I'm going to put myself in this person's place, and how would that feel like if my spouse were to pass? <gasps> and all of a sudden, it's a whole it's so much more personal. Exactly. And it's hard. It's painful. I mean, I didn't want to think about my husband dying, you know, before he got sick. I never wanted to think about it. We didn't even think about it while he was sick. I mean, you know, denial is a a very powerful tool. But if Mm -hmm. you can get into that touch, in touch with that place, even briefly, where you can feel what it must feel like to be her, that empathy, or to be him, that empathy will, will help you you know, deliver these wonderful little, what, you know, the, the reason the book's called acts of love is because it's an act of love. It will help yeah. you deliver that act of love to her or to him. And that's so, so important. Yeah, it is really important. And I think a lot of us don't think about what acts of love we can contribute. <laughs> so, um, exactly. so and, and I'm so happy that you put it all together so that, that you can just, you know, help people understand how they can help others in their grief. Yes. And, and I think the other big important message is too, is that it's, it's, it's easy, you know, I mean, people, we don't have to, I, and I, mean, I probably talk to myself, I'm talking to myself more than anybody else. Cause I tend to make a big deal out of things, you know, and uh-huh. but the reality is, you know, she needs to get her bills paid. 
Can you help her organize them? So, you know, find out how she does it. Does she do it online? Does she do it by check? If she does it by check, she's going to need help getting it organized. Show up and ask her to help her. You know, if you, mm. if you're a coworker, which is a very difficult thing, a difficult situation, right? Cause you really like the person you work for, but it's that personal yeah. line, you know, heaven forbid you cross that personal line. You don't want to show up at their door with meal. Um, so yeah. there's a couple things you can do One, you can bring that meal to work so she can take it back with her, but mm-hmm. you know, you can drop by, drop by her desk every Wednesday with her favorite cup of coffee. Oh, you know, and just say, Hey. Thinking of you, you know, she may, she may have gone completely bald and you can make a joke. Like I found a hair in the coffee and I knew it wasn't yours. So I had them, you know, bring it back. <laughs> you know? just treating yeah. her like normal and showing up. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to say, how are you today? That's too big a question. You can say, so, you know, it looks like, do I see hair in your face or what do you have on your plate today? Can I help you with something yeah. that you have on your plate today? Um, you know, if, if you live far away, you know, I had a friend who left me a joke on my message machine every Wednesday morning. It was brilliant. Oh my God. You know? <laughs> what a great idea. So, Something yeah. to make you laugh, to take you out of the moment exactly, that you're in. Exactly. Exactly. Laughter is so key in situations like this because everyone else around her, around him is very serious. You have mm-hmm. cancer. Your wife is hospitalized, you know? A funny right. card or a joke may be exactly what he or she needs at that moment. Okay, so wow. I, um, you know, it's really simple. So those are two messages. You matter and keep it simple. Showing up is not hard. It's just about simple little ways. And trust me, she may never tell you how grateful she is for the thing that you did, but it, mm-hmm. I can promise you that it helped her. I can promise you that it made her feel better. I can promise you that she felt loved because it was such a simple gift One, because it was an act of love. Perfect. Oh my gosh. I love this. I'm so happy to be able to put this out to people. Um, And speaking of which, can you tell people how to get your book? Yes. So right now it is available on my website and my website is 100actsoflove.com and it's the number 100 Mm -hmm. um, actsoflove.com and it's available there. Um, okay. we are recording, it's July, what's today, July 16th. Mm-hmm. So, um, it will be yeah. available on Amazon at the end of July and okay. it will also be available on Amazon, like uh, Kindle as well at the end of July. Wonderful. Wonderful. And now you've got a free download on your website as I well. I do. I do. So I have a free mm-hmm. download, 15 ways to be, to help your friend with cancer right now. And it's just 15 very quick things that you can do today. To, mm-hmm. you know, to show an act of love to your friend. And I oh, am actually designing another one, which will be available at the end of the month, which is five things not to say and five things to say. So ah, I know okay. that that will be probably one of the more popular ones because those are the questions I get asked all the time. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course I asked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's great. Yes. Um, okay, great. And you're on Twitter and Instagram and Pinterest and all those uh, Facebook as well. Facebook. And I love, I I love emails. You know, I love hearing from emails. Um, you know, I am also putting together right. It's, it's not quite ready yet, but I'm putting together a a consulting package. I've been able to, I've had the wonderful opportunity of being able to help people in crisis, figure out exactly what they need. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we come up with a very personalized list and then I send that list out to, uh, you know, five or six people of their choosing so that their community can come together and, and really give them very specific pinpointed help in the way that they really want it. 
Um, and so that, that will be coming a little bit later as well. Wonderful. Okay. So you're offering all kinds of resources. It's great. Um, great. And I'm so happy your book is out and people can start to get it again. The book is 100 acts of love by Kim Hamer. H-A-M-E-R. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you want to look her up on the web, um, it's 100actsoflovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelovelove